welcome everyone to another episode of Four Layer Takes. On this review, we will be discussing Euphoria 1.51B, the special <laughs> episodes of Rue and Jules. I'm your girl, Kim. It's me, Mimi. It's your girl, Mel. It's your boy, Marcus, a.k.a. Naomi Osaka, four-time Grand Slam champion. Okay. All right, Naomi. Hey, I love Naomi. To... I just want her to talk with her mouth fully open and stop mumbling. It still hurts. No, I think it's cute. It's, it's not. It's, it's who you, she is. She, it's not. She on her. She needs some um, coaching. Yeah. Media. Media coaching. Just open. <laughs> I would just, just let I would just let her be. I mean, she already great, so I'm gonna let her be great. I'm so thankful for all of the Grand Slams I've won. Yeah. Okay, man, you got these autistic white men walking around. She can be who she is. She I just want her to open her mouth as she as she talks. <laughs> but I love her. I just want her. You know, if I could coach her, I would just give her that. Yeah. Mouth. I ain't never a- heard her talk. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, do I, 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 I never know what's going on. I'm like, does she, does she talk? Does she speak? Oh, right, yeah, he I just never heard talk. through you her. You, you thought she was mute? <laughs> she mumbles like they mumble rap. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh my right. god. Oh my god. But I, I appreciate her. I really do like her. I just, yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations, young lady. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so we're back in full effect. Missed you guys last week. Great show. Missed you too. Yeah, I was yes. like, I, I'm like, I can't watch this. I will literally slit my wrist the right way. I was like, <laughs> no, nah. girl, nope. I nope. promise you, you would have made it through that. <laughs> like, nope. was it wasn't, our, our podcast was a, was more emotional. <laughs> that was it. Our podcast was more emotional for, personally to me. Then the movie, I was just like, wow. "Oh, that's terrible," but <laughs> like, it was no. I was just not emotional. I'm, I'm mad about that because I wanted to be emotional. I wanted to be emotionally drained by that movie, and I just was mm-hmm. not. I was like, "The mm-hmm. acting is good, but you didn't feel emotion." I I was crying at the previews when they were like showing showing them talking. I was like, I was literally crying. I was like, "Okay, yeah, I'm not gonna be able to do this right now. I'm not mentally there, and I don't have enough Xanax for this. I don't." You'd so I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. <laughs> so when I'm in a better place, I will. Uh, I will be able to to watch it. Mm. Once we get Ted Cruz out, we'll be able to watch it. I can't get on that. Ah. Uh-huh. Uh, so we are starting um, the Rue Part One. It's just Rue and her sponsor Ali talking in a restaurant. And you guys are going to have to help me because I've seen it twice, but I know this is there. This is Christmas Eve and this is kind of talking, telling she's trying to tell her journey from when the school dance happened right on Halloween, mm-hmm. the Halloween dance and Jules left on the train and Rue didn't go with her on the train. And she felt like she just she was gone because uh, Jules need to get out. Mm-hmm. So and I'm a, again, I'm an old lady. I'm a little bit slow. So. The beginning, like the opening scene opens up with Rue and Jules in, you know, Jules' apartment in the city that they always talked about getting and they're kissing and they're in the bed and they're, Jules is getting ready for her presentation at her, at her, at art school. So is this all a dream sequence? Because it, then we see Jules's version of it. So this didn't happen, right? No. I no. don't think it happened. Okay, asking no. for a friend. Okay, because I was like, <laughs> I have watched this more times. I'm like, I think this is just in their minds of what they've right. imagined what's going to happen. Okay, thanks a lot, guys. So a little yeah. bit slow. It's, it's sort a, of. a shared hallucination. <laughs> and I was like, but Jules doesn't usually do drugs. <laughs> so I was like, huh, this is crazy. It's insane. Um, so she is going to meet her sponsor for pancakes, um, Ali. And uh, she's kind of talking, uh, talking to him about... Um, you know, her struggles with doing drugs, her relationship with Jules. Um, and he basically calls her out from the very beginning, like, you hot right now. So I'm like, you didn't think another drug addict was gonna know you high when you come eat pancakes? On the, like, I'm like, what? yeah, you're on drugs, clearly. That's, that's it was so funny to me because she kept saying, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm in a good, I'm in a good place. I'm looking for a balance. <laughs> it was like, oh, 
Looking for a balance, huh? <laughs> Looking for a balance. Yeah. Hey, hey man, yeah. you, can't, you can't finesse a finesse with Right. You cannot. Can't bullshit a bullshitter. And I, I literally put in my notes, uh, Ru talks to her AA or her, her um, sponsor, and she keeps talking about having balance. And I said, she's high as fuck. He calls her yes. out. So I was like, that was my notes. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just high as hell. Get out. Get out. Right. Um, and she basically says uh, the only reason she hasn't killed herself, you know, is really the drugs. Um, and that for the first time, she's being honest with Ali about that because he's like, you know, what's 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 real talk? Don't stop bullshitting me. Stop lying to me. Stop talking about balance. That's not going to happen. You know, what's what's real? And she's basically like, this is why I don't why I haven't stopped using drugs. It's the only thing keeping me alive. And I was like, yeah, boy, that was kind of deep. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, I, I mean, I'm thank God I am not an addict, but I mean, I have gone through times where I was de- depressed, and yeah, you know, to, to just trying to get to the next day, like, let me drink, let me down this half a bottle or whatever, mm-hmm. and just go to sleep. Otherwise, yeah. I'm you know, so yeah, yeah. Um, then he, you know, he asked her, Does she want to get clean? and she's like, No. I don't want to get clean. Um, and I just wrote, that's fucked up. Uh, she just feels, you know, like she's nothing. She feels like she's not worth anything. She, you know, says that she's a piece of shit. She's like the worst, one of the worst people in the world. Um, you know, he kind of is telling her, you know, you have a, a disease, you know, you are predisposed to, to alcoholism and drug abuse. This is a disease that's happening. You're not a bad person. The drugs make you somebody else. This is not who you are. You're the influence of outside is making you who you are. But she just feels so defeated and so just like she's nothing. Like she's like, and that was the crossover between both of the of her and Jules was they were both saying they don't feel like they're worth anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that was just, that was it. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I've dealt with depression and do whatever you got to do to, you know, to either get out of the bed or get into the bed. Right. Drug abuse is something I have not had to deal with as a, you know, as a person taking drugs, but I am the child of a drug addict and alcoholic. Mm-hmm. So I was the daughter on the phone having to talk to the drug addict, like mm-hmm. here it is, here it is, I go again. So you know, it's it's and that's it's it's definitely d- difficult as well, because I'm happy they did show that clip with him talking to his uh, his daughter and her um, and his grandkids. So I'm like, and people don't understand, like, yeah, I've never done drugs and drugs like that in my life, but I won't ever have drugs out of my life. Like if you have a parent or, you know, children who are on drugs or, you know, alcoholics, they, that will always affect your life day to day, no matter what happens, if they're even if they you talk to them every day, you're talking once a year, it still affects you in some way, way, shape, or form, you know? So yeah, I was just wondering, yeah. I was like, Ali is doing a very good job having this deep conversation with this purpose clearly <laughs> high. Mm-hmm. Like he's doing a good job of, of navigating this with her. Yeah. No, I, I guess Coleman Domingo, he's like one of those, like he's one of those actors like that you know never got like don't never got that just do and never got that big role it like seems like man like he's always like a like a like a Delroy Lindo in a film like oh, yeah. never the main character always supporting but like he like he killed it in this I mean it's good like yeah. exactly like he means it it was really just like an acting clinic going back and forth and yeah. that was the difference between this one and the <laughs> other one that we saw Malcolm, Malcolm and Marie. <laughs> I can't even call that shit Malcolm in the middle. And then I was like, he was, well, then, and then she, well, then she asked, she was like, well, what's your daughter's name? He said Marie, and I was triggered again. I was like, oh, no, I won't ever do that. <laughs> this man really loves the name Marie. I don't know who Marie is to him, does. but. Maybe it's his wife's name. <laughs> mm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah, like, this, Mary, this was like, real Like, savior, like, mother, I don't know. But he really, named. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But it was watching those two together. Uh, I mean, out of all of the scenes, that was has probably been my this has been one of my favorite scenes of the entire show, just because they are mm-hmm. that you are watching two powerful actors really, really compliment each other in a way that you're like, damn, OK, y'all really are just sitting, we just watched a whole hour. Y'all sitting in this cafe. Right. talking mm-hmm. and then listen to this emo ass music. <laughs> and I was like, damn, I'm, I'm already depressed. I got to be more depressed. I like this song. (laughs) 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 
Um, and then uh, Ali, you know, kind of lets her know, you know, it's not just you. You're not the only one go- have ever gone through anything like this. You know, he reveals that his name is actually Martin. You know, he uh, became Ali when he changed. Um, he became a Muslim and that he had uh, been clean for 12 years. And then he relapsed. And now he's back at seven years clean. So he was like, if I can do it, you can do it. Like you don't have to succumb to this disease or to the alcoholism and drug abuse. You can, you can make it over to, to the next phase, to the hump. You can get over this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, okay, uh, yeah. Like, but you have to want, you have to want it. And I'm like, I have been involved in um, interventions, but I'm sorry if the person doesn't want to get clean, they're not going to, whatever you want them to do as much love as you can give and support and, and be there for people. They have to want to get clean and change it. You can't make them, you can't make somebody want to stay here on earth. or want to get, want to, you know, be clean. They have to get to a place, you know, then you support them. And it doesn't matter what you do. I I have a, most people don't know that I have a sibling. Um, I always forget that. But most people don't know I have a sibling because for the bulk of my life, he has been in and out of correctional facilities for drugs, Mm. (laughs) you know, drug addiction and all the bullshit that goes along with whatever that encompasses, whether it's stealing or possession or or constantly breaking parole or whatever, just in and out for more than 30 years of like that long. And, you know, like, my dad tried to help lots of times. In fact, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in debt, if not more, in rehab facilities and all that type of shit, you know, trying to help him and um, trouble he has gotten into that my dad had to pay for, um, yada, yada, yada. But yeah, so you're talking about 30 some odd years of someone who just never, like he might've been clean for a little while but always went back and just never just seemed to. He couldn't, he couldn't shake it. To, right. And, and I don't know that he really wants to per yeah. se. Like you mm-hmm. need to, to really want to, you kind of have to abandon a lot of stuff, abandon people who have been in your life, abandon a lot of stuff. And I, you mm-hmm. know, I don't know that he ever wanted to do that. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, and again, it's a similar like to Rue because I know Rue said like she, Rue tried to blame Jules for relapsing, but I guess Ali pointed out that the pills that Rue took, she had been saving them. Right. Mm-hmm. So she was she would never intend on really getting clean. Like she always planned on taking these pills one day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When I like that he said, you know, in order to get clean, you basically have to believe in something greater than yourself Mm -hmm. because I feel like you because you have to have something to hold on to be that you know God or what you know she kept joking around like oh I just said Otis Red Otis Red I was like (laughs) Otis Red been dead 40 years yeah (laughs) (laughs) and he was like don't say the ocean I was like damn ocean ocean (laughs) good answer good answer (laughs) um and then and then I mean I think that we get to to the core of it because you know Ruth says you know I don't believe in God um and you kind of see the hurt on Ali's face because, you know, I, I feel she she is still she is still hurting so much from her father passing away and then feeling guilty about the way she treats her mom and sister. So yeah. she's, it's kind of like um, she defeats herself every time she's up. She falls back down every time she's up. And I, and it seems like, again, like that's why I said when we first watched the, the first season, the one dotto season, um, like she needs to be in severe and serious counseling, you know, to to help her with her dad, her, with her grief. She's I like I don't think this child has ever had a chance to really like go through all the grief process because the, the drugs have been numbing her and numbing her um, so I from losing her dad. Mm-hmm. But it was being his caretaker, like the trauma exactly. comes from being a child, taking care of a parent. You have your own anxiety or issues. And then, you know, she started abusing the drugs or sneaking them while she was caring for him. So I think there's a whole mm-hmm. thing to unpack with her relationship with her dad mm-hmm. um, and how it is impacting her still. Because how many years has it been? It hadn't been that many years, right? She was, since he passed, right? I don't think it's been that many years, but she, she's she been on medication since she was a, a small child. Right. right. 
So she was always drugged up. So she right. she's probably never really, I mean, before, I guess when she was much smaller, really felt everything like herself without being under the influence. So, um, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know, but it seems like it was only a couple of years that from where that he had passed from where we are right now. So it's just like she's never had a, a chance to grieve. And then when Ali was talking about, you know, a per, you know, a person's purpose and she's like, what God's purpose for you? She was like, so my God's pur- purpose for my dad was for him to die. Like, so again, she's not. And I feel like she is not being able because she's not in therapy therapy. But talking to Ali is great. But talk to a trained therapist, she need to be sitting up with Jewel Lady. I'm like, hey, <laughs> can, can you take one more patient? Because we we got her friend that needs some help. Right. <laughs> can you help her out? Right. Please help her out. Golly. Uh, and I think one thing that I think that when he talked, remember there was a lady counting her tips. She was working oh, yeah, at, the, yeah. at the restaurant yeah. and she was also a recovering addict. Um, and then it was interesting when he asked her, like, were you in a relationship? Did you, were you in a relationship where you were trying to get clean? And she was like, you, do you want to be in her question was, do you want to be in a relationship more? Do you want to get clean? Cause you may have to choose one or the other. Right. So she was like, I want to get clean. So the relationship had to go. So right. I'm like, that's the, and that's at the core. Like she can't blame Jules for things. She can't put things on, on Jules. She needs to get clean for herself. Not for her mom, not for her sister. I mean, if that's what she needs, but she has to want this for herself. And he talked about, you know, having that spiritual revolution. Um, and that's, you know, changing at your core of what, uh, what you really want. Um, and then it... Because like Mimi just said, you to get clean, you pretty much have to change your whole lifestyle. And that's essentially what she was saying. Like, if you want to get clean, you can't be around the same people. Or be in a toxic right. relationship, like you're. It's not going to yeah. serve you if that's really what you want to do. Yeah, right. and her relationship with Jules is extremely toxic. Right. Um, but uh-huh. and it's sad. It's yeah. very very sad. Um, so, so that's that's kind of it, right? I, I was just asking. Um, I wanted to um, like piggyback off of some other stuff, but I wanted to wait until we were definitely through all the scenes and stuff. That's mo- that, uh, almost all the scenes. Then we okay. see, of course, uh, when um, Ali goes outside, he talks to his daughters, kind of gets into it with one of them on the phone and you kind of see his struggle. Then he admits to, we find out that Rue is really, she's missing her her father, going through that grief and also trying to um, deal. She doesn't know how to forgive herself, even though her mom has probably forgiven her and her sisters. When she pulled that uh, glass, the glass broke and she you know, held up to her mm-hmm. mom, she hit her mom. So she's holding on to all that guilt. And that's another reason why, you know, this child is, you know, looking to drugs to numb the pain. Um, and I'm just like, to feel like you don't deserve forgiveness has to be one of the worst feelings in the world because everybody, we, you de- people deserve forgiveness if you really are, are sorry. And she seems genuinely sorry because she was under the influence. Well, that's kind of what I want to um, piggyback mm-hmm. on. It's kind of like, I just feel like, like Ali was saying, like she doesn't, she doesn't want to be, I mean, she said she didn't want to be clean, but she really doesn't want to be clean because yeah. That's just and, and these are legitimate feelings she has and she feels like she's undeserving and she's the worst mm-hmm. person in the world at the same time. That's kind of an excuse to continue what the fuck mm-hmm. you're doing. Mm-hmm. Okay, continue the behavior. You're like, oh, I'm just terrible. Like, I don't deserve it. I might as well just keep doing, you know, who am I? I'm shit. I deserve this. I just might as well hit this, take this other line. He was just like, that's just an you know, that's just an excuse to continue what you're doing. So you, you, again, you can't bullshit a bullshitter. Mm-hmm. Like if you believe you ain't shit and you don't deserve good things and you're the worst person in the world, then you'll never change your behavior. Yeah, simple as that. Yeah. So, and she's been in this behavior for so long. She's right. I feel like and she's scared to let it go. Yeah. Um, it's and just then like, she no. wanted to blame. Oh, I'm sorry. That's what I'm saying. And then she wanted to blame Jules uh-huh. for, for a relationship. <laughs> That nobody knew they had. Right. That's, that's the point. <laughs> I, she the only one was in the relationship. Like, did, you, did she know? How do you know? Did y'all? Like, <laughs> I swear. Where you know? He was looking like how I was looking. Right. I was like, well, yeah, yeah. Are. Yeah. There was no defining the relationship conversation. So where y'all? Really did y'all have it? this discussion? I mean, because I, I was dating Idris Elba for a long time in my head before I got married. I mean, you know, but I mean, I had a long-standing relationship. It was I mean, very romantic and passionate. So. I mean, Meg Thee Stallion, my second wife, so, yeah. 
Oh my gosh. That is so funny to survive. Um, so yes. Yeah, so, you know, she's feeling very undeserving. Then Ali reveals like, Oh, I've done way worse things than you. Like you a kid, like you're 17. I'm this old ass man. Like I've done some fucked up things. And he reveals that he had hit his wife and he, he was a, a child that lived in an abuse home. His dad abused his mom. And then he did the exact same thing to his wife when he was under the influence. But so he was like, I've done bad things. I've hurt people that I love. And I, now I'm, I'm showing you, you can, if you trust yourself and believe in yourself, you can get through it. If you believe in something larger than you, you can make it to the other side. And then, you know, that's when she basically said, you know, I, I don't plan on being here long. That shit broke. It broke my heart. Like, I, I don't even know. I wouldn't even know what to what to say sitting there. I wouldn't even know what to say. All right. For, uh, I, yeah. I, 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 what's the response to that? I, well, I mean, what's like even the council's response to that? Because I think Jewel said something similar. Yeah, she said something similar. But I, I what he said where and I feel like because he probably has been that low before as well. And he was just like, he asked her, you know, who she wanted to be when she left this earth, you know? So, you know, what do you want your mom and your sister to, you know, to remember about you? And, you know, she says, um, she says, I want to be remembered as someone who tried really hard to be something I couldn't. And I was just like, this is really depressing show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I need some wine. She's <laughs> the mm-hmm. So that's kind of how it, the, how it, how this episode ended. And, and he, and, um, she gets in the truck with Ali and they drive off, you know, in the rain and they play some more emo shit. Um, <laughs> and that's how it I was like, I have no hope now. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Rue and writers of Euphoria 2, 2.0. Uh, I am pretty depressed now. Thanks. It was just a heartbreaking. It was just, it was a heartbreaking episode. Well, I I wasn't as heartbroken because I finally feel like uh, I just was hopeful for her relationship with Ali. Like, I don't know. I just felt like mm-hmm. maybe he had opened her eyes to some stuff that she hadn't considered for the first time or, or whatever. And yeah. so, you know. I, I, felt, I felt sad. I think one of the best episodes of television, um, it was really a good episode. I didn't. I didn't feel heartbroken like Mel. I think I felt more hopeful like Mimi, even though she was. Mm-hmm. I had no hope. I had no hope. Yeah, like she was still high while they were having this whole like existential conversation. Um, but I think Ali was pitching see uh, Yeah, I, I have almost no hope that Rue get clean, and, and like you said, that's heartbreaking and scary. Uh, and, and like, well, how old is she? Like, she can't be, she's not 18. 17, 17, 17. Yeah, that's scary. But, uh, as in the, um, the, like, the coloration, like, the show, the coloration of this whole entire show was, like, just fucking amazing. Like, everything is beautiful. It's beautiful. The scene where, um, they're in the truck driving, and it's just like her on the screen with the rain, and Ava Maria playing in the background with the slow pan into her face. Like, man, that visual is just, I mean, it was. I guess I thought it, I thought it looked beautiful, but it was also heartbreaking at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I am more hopeful than y'all, and I only say that because I felt like Ali was the first person, possibly ever, who just called her out on her shit and made her be like, "Hmm." <laughs> so I hope that that works because he's yeah. the first person to be like girl get the fuck out of here who you think you're talking to because <laughs> like, he did who and, he, he, to? <laughs> and he didn't coddle her he listened right, exactly. he didn't coddle her so yeah. yeah i hope so i sure hope so because i don't i want i want her to 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 I, beat I mean, this i mean but calling somebody on their bullshit is that's not enough for sobriety like i think he said like she has to want to get clean she has to forgive herself she has to believe that she deserves grace and deserves to be loved. right but i think it's a first step towards something for somebody to finally be like I, I'm not feeling sorry for you. You can mm-hmm. you can be out here talking about oh I'm I'm unfor- unforgivable. I'm the worst person ever. He like bitch, you ain't did shit worse than me. Get the fuck out of here. And I've been sober mm-hmm. twelve years. So you know I it's it doesn't mean that it's going to you know she's definitely going to get sober. But it's I think somebody need, needed to say I don't feel sorry for you. 
Mm-hmm. I think you want somebody to feel sorry for you. And I, I ain't the one. You came to the wrong motherfucker. Now, go on past this syrup over here. I'm just hungry. Them pancakes look good. <laughs> this shit looks good. This shit looks good. I am starving. So. And I was like, where your mama and I'm at? It was just, I was like, it's Christmas. Like, where your mama and I'm at? Like, I'll, yeah, those pancakes look good. Yeah. Shit, I'm going to go to Waffle House after this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those still look good. Yeah. So, so now we on jewels, I guess. Yeah. We know Rue makes it because Rue is Sam and Marie. So she's going to make it through this. <laughs> we know Marie, he dates this. No, I'm going She moves on to another toxic relationship. So obviously but she's dang. sober though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She is sober. One, one step at a time. They have them bathtubs. Um, so now the second episode is Jewel's side, kind of her side of the story of what happened that night and kind of where she is to six months later. And we find her in her therapist's office, um, kind of talking to her for the first time. It's their first meeting. Um, if you've ever been to therapy, first meetings are always a little bit awkward because you're just like, I don't know this person. And do I, what do I tell them? Like, uh, I don't know. So <laughs> I can only imagine. Um, and so she kind of reveals that she may want to go off of her. She wants to go off her, her hormones. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, um, we did find out last season that Jules um, is a trans woman um, who is taking hormones and still in transition. Uh, she said, because she knows she's no longer interested in men. Uh, she says she feels like she's a fraud and it's embarrassing um, because she has become what she thought men wanted. Right. So she's like, I don't even like men. Like men are terrible. This is crap. And I'm, this is, this is not what I want to be anymore. And I'm just like, Oh Lordy. I just wanted to say, I was like, I really, I, that may or may, that may or may not have been controversial or end up being so I don't know I, I it's not like I was on the, the Twitter world like when this dropped or anything <laughs> but I did like that it was in it because um it just shows another side of that argument like you have you know yes listen listen to your children love your children um understand what they're going through at the same time, there is that counter argument that they are still children. Maybe they don't quite know yet what they want. And mm-hmm. so, I don't know, you know, the argument that maybe they should wait later to start taking hormones and all this until they know for certain mm-hmm. what they want to do and who they want to be with and yada, yada, yada. And I was just like, I could see that being controversial on Twitter because, you know, on the far, far left, that's not the argument that they're making, but it's in this episode that those yeah. people do exist. There are people who are like, I, you know, I changed my mind and I, something else is happening. I don't want to do this anymore. And so I, 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 and also, I, mean, I guess even with the, trans, the um, transgender thing, I would say like there's even been discussion about um not even on the birth certificate identifying the baby's like sex and allowing that child to choose yeah. their sex when they, right. as they get older. Right. Oh, right now? That's... Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I know that that has existed. <laughs> I think I have, I think I have heard that. I know that that has always um, existed with like intersex children that are born. They try to allow them to figure out who they are, whatever, um, later or how they feel, I guess, later. And that's what this, that lawsuit in South Carolina, like, Mm-hmm. maybe five or six years ago was about because it was about this uh, couple adopted well, I guess what they thought was a baby girl it might have been a baby I, I may be getting that wrong but they whatever they adopted it was a uh, the, the doctors had removed whatever the the I guess the least amount of gender uh, that was being presented I don't know if it was the, the male organ or the female organs and the doctors kind of made that choice for oh, this child. Okay. And then the adoptive parents, I guess, <clears throat> found out later or figured it out. And then they filed a lawsuit. And, and I believe they won. But this was in South Carolina. I forget the names at this time, but you can Google it or whatever. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, wow. both I, I Jules and Rule needed very high level parenting because to even get to the point of with Jules to give permission for her to transition um and you i don't know you kind of need some a parents parents to be able to step back and i know they talk about her mom in the episode but her dad seems to be 
like a very crucial thing. Both of their dads seem to play very crucial roles in their development. Even the fact that she had enough insurance or money or whatever to go see the therapist, Rue has to go see her sponsor. The jewels is she got to go to Dennis. She got to talk to Ali. Talk to Ali. <laughs> uh, bitch at the Waffle House. <laughs> right. But they ain't got no Waffle House on the West Coast. They got Dennis. Oh, Dennis. Dennis be popping, though. I ain't lying. Sorry. Dennis trash. Man, man. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry, Kim. Just the socioeconomic difference between two and like how that plays right. out. I know he, they're not talking about race, and race is not coming up in these conversations, but. He is highlighting some of these socioeconomic issues. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When you got when you white and got money, you get a professional I'm shrink. Professional. When you poor and black, you get Ali. The fact and she even have, okay. The fact that <laughs> she even has money to transition as a teenager is right. Mm-hmm. As a teenager, yeah. 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 Now, I, I wanted to ask a quick question to y'all. She made that comment about um conquering femininity uh, and by conquering femininity to be more desirable to men. I was like, I, I, like, I, what is, what is femininity? Like, cause I, I started to think about it. Then I started thinking about like Boosie and his dumb ass comments. And then it got me down a whole other rabbit hole of, of shit. But yeah. <laughs> Don't ever bring up the name Boosie. And high level thinking, okay. ultra-masculine stuff is rooted in approval and the the observation from other men and praise of other men and praise of the male body. And it's kind of like, it seems really homosexual to me, guys. <laughs> like, y'all don't get that? Y'all don't see that? Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I feel what, I feel what you're saying. Even Mike Tyson saw what you were saying, Marcus. That's why he came in. So, yeah. Like, if, oh yeah, that was that, that was yeah. That yeah, was but I'm like, if Mike yeah, Tyson is saying, <laughs> if, if Mike Tyson is the smartest person in a, in a conversation, no, 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 it's no, a no. problem. No, 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 Mike, 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 that came a long, long way. Oh, I know, I know. Way. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, he, he made the most come a long sense. Way. My thing, my thing is, and I don't know a lot about Bootsy. I and when I hear his name, I kind of shut down. I'm like, he's he's so irrelevant to. Um, the culture in which I find myself a part of. Whatever whatever he, it is, is whatever he wants to say. (laughs) Um, My thing is men who are secure in their their own sexuality don't always have to call out other other things that are happening because it it doesn't make any sense. And that's why I was happy that Mike Tyson said what he said because he was like, you, if you're not worried about you, then what you worried about somebody else for it? It didn't make any sense. I heard about the comments he made about Lori Harvey and I was, somebody had, had texted me about, about them, um, her dating, uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. And it was a negative thing. And I was like, I think it's really cute. I'm like, they, they make a cute couple. He probably got a movie coming out. Now he on all of the blogs. I'm like, 
we want to talk about this dude uh, until last time he was a killmonger. Like, mm-hmm. understand all this stuff is really a PR. It's all a part of a PR stunt and a PR game. If they really are in love, I love it. I love to see them go on dates and be cute and be brilliant and, ri- and rich and have fun. Who cares if, if you're a 21, 21 year old girl and you have the means to, to go out and do whatever you want and live your life. She's doing what everybody should be doing. Live your life, date. Like, what, what do we want her to do? Go ahead and get married and wear a burqa? Like, that's, mm-hmm. I don't, I guess I'm trying to under, I don't, I don't understand what the, where the hate is other than just people being haters. And I, I can always be number one hater. But I think I love it. I'm like, I want to see them go on their cute little dates and do their things. Yeah, it's fine. But I don't, I, I see, I, what irritates me about black people and especially the Twitter culture in black Twitter is why do we continue to give oxygen to people like Bootsy who don't right. have anything worth getting? He has nothing to offer anybody, but ignorance mm-hmm. and, and stupidity and sugary snacks and, and sugary drinks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, God help his kids. And the fact that this man admitted to sexually having his nephews sexually mm-hmm. molested by older women is the first problem I have. So I just wish that we, you know, and I'm, I'm mad. I'm even talking about him, but like th- for us not to give him any more energy, like he's so irrelevant. Like there's so many other great things happening right now in black culture, but people are doing great things. Like let's focus on them. Like this man is he needs ridiculous. To be um, he needed to be at that, the next appointment. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And he might need to go talk to uh, Ali. Too. Like he may be at all the appointments. <laughs> Um, when, when Jules said, it was interesting when Jules said that she was trying to conquer femininity because when I started, I I didn't know about Hunter, uh, Hunter Schaefer plays a Jules who she is a a trans woman. Um, she said that when she was talking about who she wanted to be when she decided to transition. And I, but I never understood what that, what that meant because I, I never, I don't think of femininity in any way because it's just. A part of who, who I am. I never, right. I never had to try to be that thing. Right. So yeah. I, I can't relate because I don't, I don't know. I don't. I'm like, yeah, you want to conquer it, conquer the shit out of it. But right. I don't, I don't know what she's trying to be. I want her to be whatever she wants to be. But I don't understand what that means. I'm like, it goes over my head because I've never had to be that thing, that trying to, that thing of trying to conquer something that I am inherently. Yeah. Just right, I was born right. a, just because I was born a cis woman and I could have been born a man who was was very feminine and I still probably like, I don't know, I've just always been feminine. Like I, yeah. so I I can't, I don't know. And, and I, I and feel- I and I apologize for the tangent. That that's what I was really just trying to understand. Mm-hmm. Like 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 you mentioned, like you never thought about femininity the way I never thought about masculinity, the way we never think about being black, that that type of thing. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I guess well, well, I mean, we are because we, we just exactly. are. Yeah. I don't think you went off on a tangent per se, because I think it's like you know, uh, what is femininity? Is femininity how, do we define fem- femininity just from how men define it? And that's pretty much what Jules was saying. Like, yes, this is what she believes men always want. And this is what mm-hmm. I was trying to be because I thought that's what was feminine. And I guess it is hard for her because she was not born. Like it's easy, like I can go out here and be and just and and be confident in myself as a woman and fem and female, maybe not feminine, and be out here just the biggest tomboy ever, and and not caring because I'm like I'm a woman. I'm I know what I am. I don't give a shit if I'm in sweats and Jordans all day. I'm a woman. But like if I was maybe trying to transition to being what the world thinks is a woman. I don't, I don't know what I would do. You know what I'm saying? Like Jules, I would be trying to maybe get breast implants and lashes and makeup and you know what I'm saying? Because I'm trying to be this thing. But what is this yeah. thing? What, what is it? So yeah. 20 some years ago, I guess, I there's this book called The Power of Femininity. And I was intrigued by the book. Not that I was trying to conquer femininity, but I wanted to you to channel it, to use it as a tool in a male world, like harness in all the feminine energy. And maybe you could say to manipulate, I don't know, or maybe you could say to figure out how to use it as a source of power, because I felt like as, as a woman in a patriarchal society, men, hold positions of power or have positions of power. So finding what my power was in a way to find my place and my balance. And this was again, like 20 some years ago. Um, 
So I didn't, I don't even think I finished reading the book Um, because I think I got to a point of being like, it's not something that I need to channel to Mel's point. It's just something that I have. Like I just, I, it's just a part of my identity that I already have. So it's not like something I need to channel or conquer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I feel like that in, a part of Jules trying to conquer that femininity. I think that's where we saw that toxic behavior with her sleeping with these men, you know, in hotel right. rooms. Like it's, she's trying to interpret it, but she's still a child trying to interpret something that she doesn't really right. know yeah. because right. she hasn't, she hasn't really had a chance to, to, to grow in, in either one of her bodies yet. She's, you know, she's still right. growing. She's still learning, which is totally okay. Um, I, I definitely am interested in seeing where they take Jules's storyline from um, being a trans person's perspective and if if she does come off of hormones, I'm I'm really interested in seeing how that how that would play out. Yeah, I wonder um, if that you know cause a yeah. issue in the I would say the Twitter world, but that's that's mostly where issues go down. There. <laughs> <laughs> like, will that cause an you know? And I think it'll I think it'll start an interesting conversation. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm definitely here for it. Uh, I just thought, but in my mind, I go hormones you know, her body being affected, health, like that health and then the mental health, um, but physical health first. So um, that's, it's interesting. So we'll see, we'll see where they go. Um, so she talks about, talks to her uh, therapist and she just, you know, she says she's, she's very critical of herself. She's very hard on herself. And she says without self-criticism, she feels like she would be lost. And I'm like, okay, so you're basically mirroring Rue without her guilt, she would be lost. You know, so I'm like, these these negative things that are kind of they they think that they're grounding themselves in these toxic traits but i'm like they're just causing you to hurt more mm-hmm. so i don't know hopefully out there i mean that's why they're attracted to each other because that makes sense that is deep down that you are struggling with that, that other person is a is a mirror reflection of what is going on yeah i also think that the attraction is there and we'll get to it in a few minutes i guess it's because rue is jules's mama (laughs) so yeah mama so So, yeah yeah so we can get into that because she 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 said like no one looked at her the way jules looked i mean the way rue looked at her and just to kind of but rue i'm like rue and you could see and we saw it all happen she was infatuated with Jules right. immediately um, and that she, you know, uh, love, you know, automatically love. She wants to see everybody look at her that way. And then we find out that Jules's mom is also an, an addict mm-hmm. um, and it had been, had, you know, been uh, struggling. But I, and I had to go back and remember that it played a little bit in, in this episode that her mom had put her mm-hmm. into a psychiatric ward. And I forgot mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, and her dad had to come and get her. Um, so, I, so yeah, so now we find out that and that told now hurt now that even more than the toxic people attracting each other, like attracting like I was like, so you're dating your mom. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I wrote that, I put that note yeah, in there. I was like, okay, so you Jules just sees Rue as a mom figure in a in a sense. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty sad. Like um we know huh? Is there like an Oedipus complex? Is no. No. It, no, not Oedipus, Oedipus is when you have that for your own mom. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's fraud. Uh, uh, Freudian. Freudian. When he said that, uh, you end up dating or marrying your parent, whatever you know. Mm-hmm. And in my case, that is absolutely the case. And even when your ass don't want to do it, I'm sorry. Like when I was like, I would never date or marry anybody like my daddy. And lo and behold, here come this motherfucker. Exactly. I was like, damn it. Hey, I'm talking about them. Nah, <laughs> I, mean, I love them. I love them, but I was just like, "Shit, this is exactly what I said. It wasn't gonna happen." <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Yep. Uh, then Jewel says, "You know, she hoped, you know, that her mom saw her the way that Rue did." Um, so that's all, and I just put in there, "Mommy, mommy issue. Where are mommy at?" And then that's when we found out that her mom was in was in in uh, rehab and trying to, you know, trying to get herself clean. Uh, Jules just says, you know, she wants to be like the ocean. And I think this kind of goes into her trying to conquering femininity and trying to figure out who she is. She was like, I want to be the ocean. I want to be strong and soft. You know, she wants to be broad and thick and deep all at the same time. So she wants to be all these different things. And I'm like, baby, 
Maybe. <laughs> you can't be out, out. You just but let's pick a couple of these things and then we'll just focus on that for right now. You guys, you mm-hmm. got so much time to be all these things watching this. I would have loved to see my 17 year old self watching this show versus like my 41 year old <laughs> self. Cause I'm just like, Jesus, you won't be all right. <laughs> you got a long way to go, baby. In that generation, because of all the influence of social media, I think they feel pressured to figure out and know who they are. And like now, they're all like struggling with this. Having teenagers in my life is just a struggle that I, I can imagine. I just was who I was. But for them, they have such pressure to know who they are and figure it out. And then these mm-hmm. options they can be like, I don't, I don't recall having all these options. I just and and that's the pr- and that's the pressure. Like, mm-hmm. um, it, it's it's really a, a paradox that, like, you know, in any situation, people are like, the more options you have, the better. But what's funny is, the more options you have, you're unable to make a decision. <laughs> like, uh, they have done all these studies of like in supermarkets where it's like so many options of a certain thing, and there's and I forget what they call this study, and it's just like people just. They just won't pick because it's yeah. just too much going on. And they just freeze. You just really freeze. And it causes more stress. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's kind of similar to Chick-fil-A. I think that's why Chick-fil-A is so successful <laughs> and why I love it so much. Because they, they don't do a lot. They just do what they do and I fuck with what they do. And they they do, do what they do well. <laughs> it, it, okay. Is that is that why uh, IHOP doesn't touch Waffle House? Because IHOP, we trying to do everything. They have burgers. They have fajitas. They got tacos. They got like red velvet cake. They got like <laughs> donuts. Like shit. Waffle House look like, look, I, we I just mean, got what? a patty melt and a couple waffles over there. <laughs> exactly. And we killing the game. And we killing the game. <laughs> so, hey, I mean, we talked about it last week. Jack of all trades, master of none. Hey, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then Brew, uh, I'm sorry, Brew, uh, Jules talks to her, uh, telling her therapist that, you know, being trans is a spiritual journey. It's a spirituality, uh, the way she looks at it. And she says, it's how she stays alive. So that, you know, that triggered me immediately. I was like, okay, so now you're talking about, you don't, you're going to stop your hormones. This is how you stay alive. Like, oh Lord, please, what's going to happen to you? Because if you're, if, if everything is rooted in this then you can't stop doing this, um, and then she says, you know, she really fucked up with Rue, uh, she, you know, and she ran away from Rue and that Rue won't call her back. So that's, she's just really kind of feeling super hurt because she knows she hurt Rue's feeling when she got on that train and, and uh, left Rue, um, after the dance. Uh, then she says, lets her therapist know that she was thinking about hurting herself or committing suicide, um, because, um, uh, because of the way she felt about leaving Rue. So again, you have now, like I said, uh, Kim, like, attracting like to, you know, de- they're depressed in ma- different ways, trying to cover it up in different ways, but with severe suicidal, uh, maybe su- suicidal tendencies at this point, which is really sad for these poor kids. Um, yeah. Uh, then she, you know, also felt that Rue uh, was very dependent on her for her sobriety, which we said that last, um, last season. Um, and she does feel a lot of pressure about that. Uh, and then we, you know, then that next episode, we kind of see that her mom has come to talk to her and her dad, like her dad didn't tell her that the mom was coming over. So they kind of ambushed her and she felt very attacked um, because her mom, you know, put her in a mental, um, a mental ward uh, where she had to hurt herself to get out. Her mother clearly, uh, we find out is, um, has, has been having substance abuse. So she just kind of shut down. She was like, you don't, you shouldn't, and, and you shouldn't do that people. And that's happened to me before. Like, don't, don't, ambush your kids with other parent with the other parent like let them let them prepare themselves because that that can be that can take take a lot out of a, especially a young person but don't don't do that shit y'all it's not cool it, it didn't um i didn't like that um and then you hear her kind of talk through we saw her all last season have an online relationship with someone that she thought was a nice boy named tyler um then we find out he's a sociopath named nate who, who basically hates her <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, boy. Um, I, think he, I, feel, I don't know that he hate, I, he might have hated her hated her at the beginning but i don't know if he's gonna get his own episode but i think that he know. has fucked up feeling i think he's conflicted because he ended up liking her and was like oh shit because mm-hmm. you know after he found the videos of his dad you know. he's having a booty moment 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, so, he, he, anyway. nah, he, yeah, he's having a boozy moment, but he was, he's, he's, crazy. I, he, he's clearly homosexual. And I think he, he know, he's known he's been homosexual. Like he's been, he's been that for yeah, yeah, and I'm sure that's why he's also overcompensating. Yeah, hypermasculine. He may not yeah. Yeah. He may be on the spectrum of sexuality. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I mean, we're all on the spectrum, but he may be on the um. Well, he may. <laughs> you don't know what he is on the spectrum. He doesn't. Right. Uh, yes. He's just seventeen. Yeah. He doesn't know. He's trying to. He's trying to figure it out as well. And then you can tell he already has um some issues so it just and then this is going to make him finding out who jules really is made it even i think just i mean yeah. i feel like but i feel like he knew before she knew no yeah. what do you mean yeah he did he knew okay. who she was okay. mm-hmm. yeah yeah um and then uh she tells her doctor like you know my the most significant relationships i've ever had with with people i've never met online i'm like the fuck no babe no no <laughs> Uh-uh. And again, it's what you were saying, Mimi. Like, it's a different world. Like, I remember, I, I, in my mind, can tell you right now, my, we had one computer in my mama room. And I remember <laughs> when AOL, we got AOL. Mm-hmm. And when my mom would go, y'all, we would try to get online and go to those tra- chat rooms. And then uh, my grandma would pick up the phone. Then we would have to get kicked off the internet. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I wouldn't, I would not want to be a child today because I'm telling you right now, I may not make it. Like I would be probably, I'm telling you, it's because it's too much. They're exposed yeah. too much. They have access too much. And for her to her to her to say, and it's sad that her most significant relations with people she's never met online, like that shit, that hurt my heart too. Because I'm like, dude, you and you're in a relationship with Tyler, and Tyler ain't Tyler. Right. And I like this entire generation is behind where we were as far as social, uh, you know, communication and connection, yeah. like. It's amazing, like how many teenagers that I personally know who are like 14, 15, 16, who never really have been in a relationship, who don't really know how to drive yet and aren't really trying to know how to drive. I'm like, what? Like, or have my, jobs or have yes. high school job. I'm like, dude, I what? had a job. I'm mm-hmm. like, when I'm 14, all I want to do is go work at the uh, old folks home for two hours a day. Like, <laughs> yeah, like. I couldn't wait to drive. Like I was, child, please. And I had my first boyfriend that I claimed at eight. So <laughs> <laughs> he, he picked up my cooler and took it to the picnic grounds and everything. Okay. <laughs> and now with this COVID and them being virtual, they really don't know. Like they have been out of school yeah. a whole year and have not even had that kind of social interaction. The, these kids going to be had they have more than one deficit. I don't know how we're going to fix <laughs> Yeah. I I don't know. I feel and, I feel I feel sad. I don't know how we fix this. Yeah, it's kind of scary cuz I'm just like y'all are almost like 5 to 10 years behind from like social yeah. development and stuff than we were and yeah. I don't and I get the appeal of that because like, um, I guess this is in the scene where she's kind of about to say like the relationships, like the virtual relationships or mm-hmm. they're in your mind, they can kind of be whatever you want them to be. And like when you meet these people in person, it's it's like a disappointment. That's when it becomes real. Like, you didn't look like this. You ain't like this right. on your profile pic. As long as it's virtual, it's whatever I wanted to be. It's it's all my imagination, and and in person that was real, and it's like want want. <laughs> so, you know, because yeah. I mean, she says that she's still in love with Tyler, and I'm like, Tyler, um, Tyler. he's he's a psycho. Name yeah. me. <laughs> no, I thought he was gonna murder you at the at the lady. You know, like, lady, no, he's gonna yeah. kill you in that park. Like, so yeah, it, yeah. Hold on. Um, uh, she's and she feels like that it's impossible for someone to love her as much as she loves them. But she says uh, she did know that Rue loved her and that she felt unworthy of Rue's love. So, again, like just feeling unworthy, feeling like her only significant relationship was with a fake person online who was playing her for most of the time. Um, so, no, it wasn't real. No, this isn't real. Yes, you do deserve love and compassion and, and being cared for. Um, then we we see Jules. Uh, she says, well, I had a dream about, you know, Rue um, and I living in the city. You know, so that, that was that's how I got confused that, that they did. Now I know they're sharing a uh, shared dream or hallucination. Um, but then when she came back home, uh, Rue had locked the door and OD'd on the bathroom floor. Um, and I'm, I'm like, no matter what, that's 
kind of where Rue is headed, be it with you or with somebody else or by herself. Right. Like this is that's where she's where she is headed to. Um, and in her dream, I'm like, I'm sure I'm like, you know, you have when you're really anxious you, or you have a lot going on, you'll have those anxious dreams. So, you know, it made sense that she was having um, having uh, that that dream about uh, Rue OD because it's nothing and you feel and she was locked out of that bathroom door. So you feel I could say like she just felt so hopeless or helpless that she couldn't break in. She couldn't save her. This person that loved her so much, but you can't you can't save her. Right. You cannot. Um, so then we find out before the big Halloween dance, uh, Jules's mom had came to visit her. Uh, she was really upset about it. Um, she wasn't really trying to hear her mom and she was trying to apologize to her for what she had done. Um, and then Jules didn't go back downstairs. They're kind of arguing. Uh, then her dad does tell her that her mom did relapse, um, right before she left for the dance. I was going to say that finally clicked and made sense for why she was such an asshole yeah. in that scene. Because, you know, last year I was not feeling Jews, Jews at all. You really like, weren't. Because of how she was treating her. I was like, fuck Jews. But this episode, in this one episode, gave so much clarity. So I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, Jules. I'm sorry. No, this episode definitely changed my perception on Jules. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it did. Yeah. Now, I guess, quick question. Would you all, if... Jules' mother was your mother. Would you forgive her? Jules' mother is my father, and I have not. No. Jules, Jules's mother is my brother, and no. no. I mean, no. I don't know because I'm actually more like Ali, so I don't know. <laughs> so probably no. because I don't feel like no. you can forgive people and not be in relationship with them. Forgiveness and reconciliation are not the same thing. So I think I forgive, but that doesn't mean I'm in relationship with you. I I, I guess I was gonna say I could I could forgive her for like her her drug and alcohol problems. I would struggle to forgive her would put me in the psychiatric ward for like my my sexuality, being my sexuality. That's why I can forgive her. But but I feel like she was only doing what she thought was best for her child, be it misguided. She didn't do it in, with with the mindset of, oh, my, my child's going to be hurt. I'm, in her mind, she was protecting her. She didn't understand. And I'm like, I couldn't imagine um, being so you being as an adult confused, not being able to help your child. I'm not saying it was right to ever put anybody in um, a psychiatric ward, especially not a small child being left alone when they're already confused about what's mm-hmm. going on with their body. Um, but I feel like her mom probably thought she was helping her. So and I, her judgment was clouded anyway because yeah. it was high, yeah. probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. No, yeah, I, I don't know. I hope, I hope, I feel like maybe next season or uh, in season two, we'll see a little bit more of Jules mom and her journey with her. And I don't know. But no, my, my, my father is a drug addict. No, I, I do not forgive uh, him for that. Then we, um, <clears throat> we see, uh, that while Jules is at home, we see the last scene is Rue stops by Jules' house uh, and they tell each other that they missed each other. And then that's when we see Rue go and leave. Um, I don't know if she was going to meet Ali or if, do you think Ali dropped her off at Jules' house? Because it was um, it was raining and stuff. So I didn't know like where was, did you think that he, she was like, can you please take me to Jules' house? Can you drop me off? Because she had this on. She had a sweater on. dropping Rue off at Jules' house. Like, <laughs> I was about to say, I don't, I was, I don't, I think Ali would think that's a terrible idea, (laughs) but that seems like from a chronological standpoint, that seems like what happened, but at the same time, I don't think, you know, Ali would think that that was a good idea, so. Yeah. So then that's it. So you see them, you see them seeing each other for the first time in six months. Yeah. So our poor kid, these poor, these poor kids. (laughs) Poor, poor babies. Poor babies. Yeah. Um, from a themat- from a thematic standpoint, I really love Jules' episode. Like, it just has, from like, visually, it just has so mm-hmm. much going on and so much in the storytelling, especially as compared to Rules, because they were just literally sitting in the restaurant the whole time. But yeah. Jules just had all these flashbacks and all these kind of, I don't know, um, yeah. the, daydream, sex- dream-like states and stuff like that. <laughs> I liked it. Those sex scenes was wild. Yeah. Yeah, her, her and Tyler. 
Yeah. <laughs> so girl, hey, girl, you in that, now you showed up in that you got to run. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta find you another online boyfriend because this entirely his daddy need to go and his daddy to go somewhere else. Right. It's, it's hard in here in these streets, y'all. So thank you guys for joining us today for uh Euphoria halfway, halfway through season one, season two, Rue's story and Jewel's story six months later. So thanks for um, jo- uh, joining us for this. We really appreciate it. Uh, please follow us on all social media platforms. Um, if you if you listen to us on iTunes, please rate and review us so that we can get recognized um, on that platform. And, uh, you know, shout us out. Uh, send us messages on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. We love to hear from fans and hope to talk to you guys soon. So I'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.